Hey, hi, welcome to Father Seekers, the podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'll be your host today. Joining me once again is the great, the incomparable, the handsome, the wildly intelligent Barry Edgman. Say hi, Barry. I'm not sure who you're you referring to, but hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. I'm great. Yeah. How's your summer going? Do you feel like it's summer? It's not officially you know, summer, but do you feel like it's summer? You know, I do. Um, here where we live, it's actually beautiful. Like in the day, it's nice, but at night, it's cold, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And you can see the stars. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, and, I love having fires at nights. Like and there's that. water everywhere. There is water. Literally yeah. everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Hey, we're continuing in a, a short story of series within the podcast, uh, talking about the four tenants or four pillars or tent poles of Father Seekers, uh, the organization. We've talked about restoration, original design, foundation. We're going to wrap up that sort of mini series uh, talking about fatherhood today. And so... I mean, I know what fatherhood is, right? I, I feel like that's the fact that you're a, a biological father, right? So, but I feel like this, it's much bigger than that. It's much bigger than X and Y chromosomes and, you know, when a man and a woman are in love, birds and bees kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I've often heard it said that, you know, anybody can be a dad, but it takes- no, a, anyone can be a father. It takes someone special to be a dad. Okay. Well, I got that a little mixed up. You know, they're super <laughs> great. But but those two tags are super big deal tags, like yes. like so so important. I think I like to use the word father because dad is just short for father, yeah. like daddy, like in the New Testament, Abba, Father, Papa, God, yeah. Daddy, God. Take a chance on me. No, stop. You're the one to see. You're killing time, bro. See. Not to mention you cannot see at me. all. Take at a all. Take a chance. Take a chance. So. You know, we've been receiving complaints about your singing. That's not on true. The podcast. You've not received one complaint sure, about my singing. Sure, whatever. Anyway, we were talking about Abba, right? Where Jesus uses the term Abba, Abba. when he's talking about. In the Old Testament, the the Hebrew word is Ab, A-B, Ab. And that is, that is the word for father. Now, what's interesting is it transfers to the Greek and it's Abba, father, or Papa, or daddy, God. That's where we, we get that idea, daddy, or yeah. Papa, or some cultures yeah. will use papa, that kind of thing. Yeah, I like papa. Yeah. Daddy makes me feel gross. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like it feels like sugar daddy or some kind of like, it seems well, like there's extra. But like, I yeah. love the idea of papa. Like papa yeah. feels like, oh yeah, yeah I feel yeah. that. Yeah. But that's how Jesus regarded his heavenly father. Not yeah. as like, oh great, heavenly, royal, oh, great, king, royal of king of the universe. Right. Yeah. Not like that, but like papa yeah. or daddy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a relationship. And and here's the here's the significance about that is that if you grew up fatherless, you don't have that relationship with anybody, but you want that relationship with yeah. somebody. So there's 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 three words in Hebrew that are what would describe for us the idea of fatherhood. The first word is for father is the Hebrew word ab a b, which of course Greek abba. Then the word son is Ben, B-E-N. That's the name of my third son. Mm. And then there's another word, stone, and it's Eben, the two words together. So if you add father and son, father plus son equals stone. Mm. Father plus son equals a foundation. Mm. That legacy history heritage 
relationship can be built on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what fatherhood is. That is to understand that now you are the, not just the progenitor, not just the master, not just the principal person, but you're, your papa. Yeah. Your dad, your protector, your, 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 you get angry when you need to, but you do it in the right way. Mm. You, you are invested and engaged. You, you have a stake in how this son or daughter turns out. You're so invested that most of your life outside of the development of yourself and taking care of your responsibilities is focused towards stewarding well your children. I know that I told you this story before, and I might have mentioned it on another episode, but when I was a kid, maybe 12 or so, uh, my dad uh, was a big golfer. He golfed four days a week. He worked all day on Monday, like till late, you know, eight or nine o'clock at night. But then the, and during the summer, during the rest of the week, he'd work till about noon, and then he would come home and he would go play golf at Mystery Hills. And so every day during summer, except for Mondays, uh, it was my job while he was at the office in the morning to make sure that I uh, cleaned his clubs. And this was back in the day before there were like big Berthas and stuff. Like back then the woods were actually wood, like they were made out of wood. Persimmon wood. Yes. Persimmon wood from the, the hills of Tennessee. And so I'm just kidding. I don't know where persimmon wood comes from. I just thought you knew that. That seems weird that you would know that. But Nonetheless, my job was to clean those clubs. And so I needed to take uh, a wire brush to the irons and get all the grass and the dirt out of the grooves of the irons. And then I needed to use soap and water to wash the woods and use pledge to wax the woods. And then I needed to clean all the balls, get all the grass stains uh, off the golf balls. And I would sit there as I was cleaning these clubs and I would think, you know, if some bad guy ever drove up and, and, was going to take either the clubs or me. I was convinced that my dad would take the clubs. And so like, I'm sure that that's not true, but like I thought that as a 12 year old, because of the things, the way that he acted or the way that he treated me seemed like that was entirely feasible. Again, I'm 12 and like, I don't have the context of who my dad is and everything else. But like, I, I say all that to challenge you to this. When we talk about being Ab or Abba or Papa or Pa or daddy, like, yes, you need to correct your kids when they're doing wrong because you're obligated to. And sometimes you need to raise your voice and um, dole out punishment in mm. some form or another. But you should never, ever, your kids should never, ever, ever think that you love something more than them. Right. Again, you're, you're talking about two things here. The first is to be a steward of the power of fathers. Fathers wield a sword. And that sword is to protect and to fight and to do battle. But it's also used as a defensive weapon, a weapon of attack. But we never use our sword against our kids. No. So I think when we talk about valuation, how do we perceive the valuation that our father places on us determines how secure we are as men. If you are abandoned or underfathered or rejected or your father was present but not available and engaged and invested then you're going to feel like you're not worth much yeah when you feel like you're not worth much that translates to other people in relationship around you and you treat people different that way there's a social media meme that goes around i know a lot of dudes probably aren't on the social media but it's always had a big impact on me where it's a story about a kid that asks his dad how much he makes per hour right and then the kid i don't know 
sells cans or returns bottles or something to come up with an hourly amount of money. So then he could give it to his dad. So his dad would spend an hour with him. And so that breaks my heart because I'm like, I don't ever want my kids to think my job is more important, that my ministry is more important, that my hobbies are more important, that my friends are more important. You know, the only thing that should ever come close maybe is like, they should know that my wife is super important, that their mom is super important to me. But like, there shouldn't be anything outside of my home that's more important than my kids. And if you're doing anything to let them believe that, then like, that's a misstep as a father. Yeah. So here again, what, what, what we do is we don't, we don't deal with the counterfeit. We deal with, with the real. And the real is that there is one surefire model that has worked over time and was the first story ever told, the oldest story ever told, the father and son story, where father invested fully in his kids. He invested fully in love and in stewardship and in guidance and creating for them. Again, we're back to this word create, creating for them a pathway for them to walk into their future. Now, we're, let's not get sidetracked on kids, make bad decisions and do dumb stuff because we all do that. Yep. And kids will do, they will do that. But what we have to do is continue to create that pathway. And some of the elements to that pathway are, first of all, to know who we are and where we're going so that we can lead them where they need to go and in finding out who they are. If we don't know who we are, we're going to transfer that message translate that message we're going to broadcast that message to them yeah and it'll be confusing because our words won't correlate with who we are we want we say what we'd like to be or what we think we should be but we're not yeah i think that we're we're always engraving on our kids lives like the whole time they're with us for those first 16 or 18 or 22 years whatever it is like we're constantly engraving on their psyches, on their lives. And so, and, and, and more than your words being engraved, your actions are being engraved. Yeah. They're watching everything that you do. And yeah. so the way that you talk to their mom, the way that you deal with stress, the way that you handle your hobbies, the way that you handle them, it's all going into this like shape of who they are. And so if you're a fatherless father, that wasn't done for you, or it was left as a void. And then you filled in the blanks on your own, mm -hmm. but as a father now, fatherless or not, like you've got this thing where you're responsible for that. Like this is, you know, we talked about how we're creators in God's image. Our God is a creator. He created us and now we're creating other lives. And so that's a big obligation. So you can't just like take that for granted. Like it didn't finish when you finished with their mom. You know what I mean? Like what, that's yeah. not when your job finished. Yeah. The creation process is not just boom, there it is. Like God just didn't speak things into into creation and give order to it and then step back. He's involved in his creation. He's not at the end, not at the beginning, but he's he's involved in it. He's he's engaged with it. So I think as we look at this whole fatherhood, this whole idea of of what do we do? It's not so much what we do, it's who we are, because who we are comes out in what we do. So if we know who we are, then we know how to respond and act, what, what to do. And I think the valuation here, th that whole concept, that whole idea is how I value myself as a, as a person 
I will value other people in the relationships, the respective relationships I'm in. For example, if if I know who I am, then I'm going to treat my wife the right way. If I know who I am, I'm going to speak into my children's life from wisdom and knowledge, discernment, understanding, insight, and discretion, not emotion and pain and trauma. There's a difference. Yeah. I, lo- I love what you said just there, because you talked about how we need to identify who we are. And I feel like the second half of that for me is we need to identify whose we are. And so if you're not a Jesus person, let me just tell you that one of the fringe benefits of that, of being a Jesus person, is you begin to understand whose you are. And so even if you were abandoned, emotionally, physically, whatever, if you were walked out on, you're also, as a child of God, adopted right? You're adopted into the kingdom of God. And so that's whose you are. And so you don't have, you're not on the streets by yourself. You're not being raised by wolves on your own. You're belong to God. You belong to the kingdom of God. You're a prince of heaven. Yeah. Right. And well, so, yeah, Scott, you know, the, the thing that just occurred to me is that whether, whether, whether guys who were listening to this, believe it or not, God still exists. He still loves him and he's, he's still involved in their lives. Regardless. Yeah. That's the story. Yeah. There's a lot there, you guys. There's a lot to unpack. And we'll do that, you know, on on future episodes of the podcast. Like, you know, certainly we're going to talk about, like, just how to be a dad. But then I feel like some part of this father seekers thing is how to be a child of God. And there's, there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of benefit to that. And there's a lot of fatherhood that we can learn from the greatest dad that ever was. And so uh, you can continue to join us uh, for the Father Seekers podcast. We'd love to have you. We'd love it if you would rate or review this podcast at any one of your favorite podcast platforms or subscribe. That'd be fantastic. Or share a subscription with somebody else one way or another. My name is Scott. That's Barry. We'll talk to you the next time on Father Seekers. Father Seekers.